Got to pick up my pick. I don't know how long I have to talk. I don't, I don't. This is this. I get another phone call after this. This is the Never Too Much podcast. Everything's fine. I'm not in jail. I don't need representation. I have a little time of the house. Watching my tabby play in the neighbor's yard. Awaiting the storm of the century. We're going to talk about the Pat Riley book I just read. Uh, I've been busy a lot with family stuff. Everything's okay. It's just a lot of driving and uh, watching games and not being able to put stuff together. But I read a Pat Riley book. Michael Heisler wrote it. Michael Heisler can write his butt off. Love Mike Heisler. I love him. He's great. Like, he'd break little things here and there, but his main thing was just just nailing the point. Just nailing it. And uh, he uses the S word like a couple of uh, pages into this. So it's like, oh, good. I'm dealing with a grown-up thing here. And it turned into an unauthorized biography because Riley told everyone not to do it. I did not want to cheat and look at when it came out. I didn't know how long it would take and uh, also I uh, can't find the book right now but it came out well after the New York time uh, before Miami and it's 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 mostly magic talking the whole time it's 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 a lot of magic a lot of buck a lot of Irvin how you doing Dex I'm supposed to get tea. So I play guitar. Uh, oh yeah, that is weird. But the the whole the, the gist of the book is that Pat Riley's weird. He's a weird guy. He's definitely a weird person. Uh, like, it's not the most notable thing. And I don't know if it's the most telling thing. And it isn't the first thing I looked at in my notes, but it's the thing I want to talk about. <clears throat> he's given the speech. Or no, they're, they're, they're go- he's unemployed. He had just retired from basketball, been forced to retire. Doesn't know what he's doing yet. He's growing a beard. He's hanging out on the beach, hanging out in Malibu. The dream established. But who wants to retire when they're 29 or 32 or whatever he was? So he's bummed. That's fine. It happens. Friends, family, go out to eat. New Year's Eve. Have a few drinks. Go back to the house. Have a few more drinks. It's New Year's Eve. It happens. Get a little solemn. Get a little depressed. Get a little sad. It happens. That's what alcohol does. It's a depressant. It's bubbly. It's fizzly. I, I, I recommend it to those who can handle it. But those, you know, whatever. Not saying Pat Riley can't, he couldn't hear, but some of us, or with you know, many of others who would just have one or two drinks, things turn really serious. And man, did Pat Riley just make a I guess he stopped a New Year's party. Not at New Year's, or maybe at New Year's, I don't know. You know, the the, the Pacific, the Eastern time, whichever it is, 
he's stopping everything, record scratch, and Pat Riley wants to give a speech that at this point includes Bobby Bethard. That's why it intrigued me. That was the big hook, is it was Bobby Bethard was there. Uh, I think he was the guy that didn't draft Tom Brady. Uh, gave a big speech about how everyone should, you know, clean together in the new year and let's not let's not make any bogus proclamations about uh, uh, what we're going to do and how we're going to stick together new year. Let's actually do it. Let's actually do it. Let's actually do it. And it was just a bit of a cringeworthy moment for Riles. There's a lot of them in the book. And everyone, uh, no one really, like, clapped, and no one really stayed together in the new year, and it didn't end up with, like, Riley sending everyone cards every six weeks. It just, he just ruined ruined New Year's. Red Jerry West ruins a lot of stuff. Like, I can't remember what the loss is, because I was going to go to the page where I was going to look it up, but uh, I believe it was when the Lakers lost in uh, 84 or excuse me, 85. And uh, am I getting it incorrect? I don't mind. They lost to the Celtics in the finals, and uh, Pat Riley's already, like, bumming real hard. Like, it's a seven-game series. It goes the the distance, and, uh, you know, those things come down to butterfly wings. It's just not a, uh, you know, it's 85, yeah. Okay, so what? They lost it in six. Jerry West calls it, what did I quote him with? The worst loss ever. The worst of any loss he ever had. Not not the time I was playing. Not all those times against Bill Russell. Not the one that got away against the Knickerbockers. Just this one. is. You know, that's, that's not what you want to, like, it's not a race. You're an executive now. You're, you're not after who can be the most bummed. Like, I'm not saying I prefer Bob Myers up at 530, you know, loading up the blender, getting the smoothie going, but it's, God. And then you get why Pat Riley's just turns into this completely morose, over-the-top, just, ah, long practices. But the players wanted to do it back then. That's just to their credit, I guess. I don't know if it was something their age, would they just, you know, you do it this, these days and players roll their eyes because they should Yeah, Riley would just – he sent a photo. Okay, so they win they, they win the championship in 87. Riley guarantees it in 80, for 88. They, they spend all year talking about it, and they pull it off. No small feat. Good for them. Okay, so there are Detroit caveats and sprained ankles, but who cares? And famously, with Brent Musburger, I can recall watching it to this day, uh, or maybe it was Pat O'Brien, but it was definitely Kareem Abdul-Jabbar coming out of nowhere – during the uh, so pat, do you want to guarantee a three-peat uh, question? And uh, Kareem comes in out of nowhere and skyhooks a towel into Pat's mouth and gags him before he can because, ha, 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 that was crazy. No one had done that in 20 years. What a feat we pulled off. Why don't you just watch it? Took us seven games against the Pistons, and Isaiah Thomas needs a wheelchair. He takes Riley takes a photo of that. Oh, okay, so then he they redo it again, the same gag, no pun intended, at the, uh, I mean, it was probably intended because it was in my subconscious because I'd just seen the word gag. 
on my notes, but I didn't want to, you know, I, I wasn't telling myself to do a play on words. But Kareem, I guess, came up and did it again before he could, because he, he made the initial announcement for we guarantee a championship at the parade, at the get-together, at the we're all out here to celebrate these here Lakers. So Kareem does it again, and they get a photo of it, and Riley gets that photo printed and sends it off to, like, every general manager and, like, coach, manager, head coach, assistant head coach to the general, every, every executive and notable in every sport in the Los Angeles metropolitan area and, and presumably parts of the northern scope. Uh, like, why would they want that? I don't know. But then send them, like, a handwritten note, and it was supposed to, I guess, cheer them up because look at what Pat did. Yay? Certainly wasn't anything civic. And then with the Tommy Lasorda thing, it turns out Pat's dad was a longtime baseball manager and coach, a player that didn't quite work out but did make it to the – Pat sent a note to Tommy Lasorda, who once played with his dad, or maybe no, no. Tommy Lasorda was a pitcher, and Tommy and Pat Riley's father was the manager or coach. And he told Tommy Lasorda that Pat Riley that told Tommy Lasorda. He said, he said, Tommy Lasorda. He said, Tommy, my I don't usually say this, but my father would be proud of you. That's that's, that's heavy to me. That's to me that's heavy. Especially for Tommy. You can get into our other faults with him some other time. I it, it's he's just a heavy, heavy guy. <clears throat> and uh yeah, towards the end. The whole point of the book is towards the end of uh the Laker days. It this, the startup got to him and Heisler Heisler just does a marvelous job of, of keeping you in the the slow flow until you realize, oh, Oh, the person that's talking to us has uh, as uh, needs a break, needs to go back to that beach and grow that beard again. He did not need to come back for this year. He did not need to. No, just no, not even NBC. Just just the beard. So I it was, and then he goes to New York, and it was just immediate freak out city. Little bitter things here and there. Here's a fun one. We'll, we'll write about it someday. Bulls and the Knicks are going for it, 92-93. It's Riley's second year. The Bulls had already beaten the Knicks a couple years in a row in the playoffs. Riley was there for one of it the year before, where the Knicks went up 2-0 and by all accounts should have you know, at least played the Bulls to a tee. And the Knicks don't really do anything in the offseason because they're all capped out. And uh, middle of the season, like I think for the same Christmas game situation that Phil Jackson was complaining about, uh, they're asking him, Phil. Hey, what do you think of the Knicks this year? They really, they really played you really well last year. What do you think of their chances this year? Ninety, this year, ninety-two, ninety-three. And Jackson, I'm just going to go into the quote. They've got Patrick. He's what thirty, and Rolando Blackman, who is thirty-three or whatever. They're players with a lot of habits and accumulation of personal failure. Just, you know, like Mark Danagult. Just, just, no, I don't really know about the Rockets this year. They've got players with a lot of habits 
and accumulation of personal failure. Trying to think of Coach Pop. Hey, what do you think of the the job your buddy's doing here in Milwaukee? They didn't win last year, but, well, he's got a lot of players with a lot of habits, accumulation of personal failure. And Brooke Lopez is what, 33 or whatever? And Chris Middleton is what, 30? Phil Jackson, they, they, they hated each other. They just, Jackson saw right through it, and, and, a good part of the Nick part of the book is Heisler explaining how the Bulls just every year they made it about themselves and Riley just could not handle it because he was the guy that was supposed to be the center of attention because he put his hand through the wall. Or he kicked someone out of practice. I can't think of someone to kick out of practice. He was always the center of attention in L.A. and he got out. And it wasn't because Michael Jordan was being because Michael Jordan. It was because Phil Jackson was just going nonstop in the press about how the Knicks are getting away with fouls and how it's bad for the game and it's icky and it's poo-poo and it's no good. And uh, and Riley was completely caught off guard, and, and Jackson did it every year, and Riley was caught off guard. And in the years that he didn't do it, uh, Jordan was caught in Atlantic City out until, you know, some say 4.30, some say 12.30 when he was going to be able to get back to the hotel. It doesn't matter. He's Michael Jordan. He can do whatever the heck he wants. Uh, but that took away from Riley's little, you know, plan that's like, you know, printed out a, a 12 page pro or 13 let's say the 24 page point presentation about why the knicks are the pride of 1993 oh man when riley and dunleavy switched hands riley had to leave the lakers because everyone had had enough of each other mike dunleavy was going to come in to take over and take over he did lead them to the finals in his first year they had a joint press conference like one right after the other i don't think but it was still that doesn't. 1990 was, uh, yeah. Let's see. the The latter Laker years were were crazy. There's if you look up Magic Johnson stats in the the year that they won a million games, 1989-90, and uh, in the playoffs he's got like a 40 million point game and a, I believe also a 45 point million game, 72 point million game. Also, uh, it's because he told Magic, "You're the only one here that's worth anything. All these guys are are bums." You have the heart of a champion. You need to shoot this whole time. So he did, and they nearly won, but they were beat by the Suns. Uh, he quit, but he still got a $2 million uh, payoff from uh, bus to go away. <clears throat> yeah, he benched the Laker girls in the fourth quarter of games because he thought fans were paying too much attention to them and not the fabulous set that he was throwing up for uh, Orlando Woolridge. Uh, let's see. They got a hundred fifty thousand dollars Rolls Royce for Kareem in his last uh, season. Magic paid thirty grand. Riley paid thirty grand. The rest of the team paid the rest. The Kareem. Uh, it, you're lucky that I don't know the the new phrase that the the, the get back to work media foisted upon us. But the Kareem just just quit. We okay. So the last couple of years, he would send Riley would send the Lakers home from practice, which is. Not a thing that you like. Players today don't know how to drive home from practice because they don't practice. Because you can't. Because you got to guard the three point line now, and you can't really just hang out and play basketball like you. Different, 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 whole different thing. So Riley would send the Lakers home with these reports, printed reports and videos. And at the end of the video, 
this is the video, not even the not even hidden in the reports. He put a keyword and then asked everyone what the keyword was the next day. So you presumably you could fast forward to the uh, to the keyword and see what. No, no, Kareem was just like, no, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Uh, what was the one about? Oh yeah, Kareem's contracts his last couple of years, or maybe it was just the last year. Again, had earned it. Walton and Lanier and all that. Uh, said no two a days, but it wasn't stipulated, or maybe even it was, and Kareem agreed to it in uh, the contract whether or not Kareem had to be present for the uh, second part, the two part of the two a day, and uh, so in this, I think they were in Hawaii. For camp and Kareem would participate in practice in the first part of the two a day and then he would go back to his hotel and then someone would make someone from the Lakers would have to call him and remind him that contractually you're supposed to be there because Riley wanted Kareem to just come sit watch practice for some reason instead of getting ready to guard Hakeem Olajuwon six times in a year so Kareem because he rules was like okay I'll, I'll show up and he showed up, and then the next day they had a practice in the morning, and then Kareem went back to the hotel and went to sleep, and they had to get a employee to call him and tell him to come back to thing with his breath. And Kareem said okay, and then he got up, and, and they did it every day. Every single day. And Kareem would just be like, okay, but he would still go home every day. It was so, it's just beautiful. I He really... Oh, yeah, Pat Riley's wife, Chris Riley, got a little out of hand later. She kept, uh, well, later she went up to Claire Rothman, who runs things, ran things at least back then, and uh, Claire Rothman threw her that, Chris Riley, the heck out of her office. So good for that. Uh, But, like, she approached the timeout music guy and was like, hey, your songs stink, you need to play our favorite songs, which are Motown. So she's just the image of her running upstairs with the, the big chill soundtrack on cassette to just pop in. Just I love it. It was such a good book. I found it in a flea market for two dollars. It's 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 so wonderful. You need to find it. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, Kareem knew who the Celtics were. Pat Riley says I had to educate my players who the Celtics were. One day in practice, I asked if anyone knew. Finally, Kareem raised his hand. He said the Celtics were a warring race of Danes who invaded Ireland. I had to explain that they were also a cunning, secretive race. So, that's how you're going to guard that pick and roll. Uh, there was also, if if you'll recall, the Monty Burns speech from, from uh, television, The Simpsons, that he gave before the big uh, softball game when he was asking all the, the, the people there to think of something inspirational they had once heard in their life. It's all very funny. I'm sure Conan was there. What game is it? The Lakers went out and did, did the job. It was probably the Boston thing. Who knows? I was meant to look it up, but I can read it off this photo I took. So the Lakers and Celtics are in the locker room. It's about, you know, five, six years before the Monty Burns speech. And uh, Riley sits them all down and uh, has a speech and gets them going and they go out and win the game and they go, hey, Riley, what would you tell about? He goes, I talked about all the voices we've heard from those who cared about us in the past, coaches, mothers, fathers, teachers. 
I said, what I want you to do now is close your eyes. Rewind the tape. Listen. When your back is against the wall, that's the time to recall those voices. Now, to me, that's passing the buck. That's just me. I would have come up with, I would have tried to be one of those voices. I would have taken some antihistamines. I would have, you know, gotten to the tea a little earlier than I did today. Gary Vitti is the longtime Laker uh, doctor that Riley paid big bucks to come down and, and, and take care of the team for years. And the quote after the big one is, uh, Gary Vitti says, we were into, like, this father thing. So I think I think Pat leaned on that a little during the during the it, it you know it worked back to back. So I I I'd wholly recommend it. I I didn't get the half of it. The next stuff is great just to watch Phil Jackson just out Fox Pat Riley hilariously. So, Mark Heisler, what's your favorite Pat Riley story? Uh, my favorite story about Pat isn't about Pat. I had written a book on him, The Lives of Riley, for which he had shut down every source he could. I think he thought it was going to be sensational. In any case, he had an ingrained skepticism of the press, which he included in his list of peripheral opponents. Anyway, Doc Rivers was then the Nick point guard and very curious to get the real story on Pat, who was the glamorous, silent type type. Doc told me he was reading the book on the bus, but with a different book jacket on it so Riles couldn't tell. As it turned out, Pat wound up not minding what I wrote about him, and we resumed a cordial relationship. Find this book. I, I dig it. I dig it. It's, it's, if you've read Showtime, you're going to want to know where that goes. Every sunburn itches after, after some point, and uh, Riley is just... Ugh. It's not that he's disliked. So what do I think about basketball? I don't know what to think about the Atlanta stuff. It's just, it appears to me a lot of times internal with Trey Young. Like when he struggles, when he's not Stephen Curry, it gets bum time for him. And he gets frustrated and it's, and it's, and it's rough to watch. And I don't know if Nate McMillan is, is, is any fault of that or if things can be tidied up or if Landry Field sees something we don't see, but. You know, they they already got rid of a very good NBA head coach in Lloyd Pierce. Like, that guy is ready to roll. Uh, as I wrote a couple weeks ago, we're just going to have to wait, wait Trey out. And uh, I saw that Jamal Crawford in the J.J. Redick podcast can still beat this year's Rookie of the Year at basketball from Orlando. Uh, watching Lori is tough. Watching Laurie Markkinen is tough. It's just been tough these last couple of days. I understand that the Bulls have won two in a row. I've loved it. They're playing to their potential. We'll talk about them some other time. Maybe we'll talk about it now. I don't know when the babies will come on back. My little nephew is here. He's tremendous. He is just, oh, my gosh. And uh, 
apologies for the other night games, but I wanted to talk about Milwaukee just building the wall and how Ian did the right thing. He did the right thing. He moved the ball, went to this, went to that, but it, they want you to do that. They want you to not be yourself. They want you to think you're being more clever than them. Milwaukee does. And, uh, and when you flip that around with uh, Giannis getting 42 of his own, uh, being able to outlast the, uh, the, the, the Jonas experience was uh, tremendous. Uh, Jonas hitting those threes was, was just, ah, it, like it was just, we're here, we're playing basketball. It's right there. It's right there. It's just, I'm just going to, it's right there. I don't need to. It's right there. And uh, last night was just he. He's in a. He's in a. Like you get two. You get your Evan Mobley, and you get your your your. Uh, uh, Jared Allen, and you've got two of the most, I'm going to go with it, you're going to, you know, that that's a pair right there. That's one guy is going to think twice about going over the fence, and the other one's going to already have him lifted up and pushing him over. Like, it's just, they are so perfect, and then they're getting reps in now is 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 marvelous. And you think they're just the best thing, but Giannis is like, no, no, 45 points. Like, there are people that are doing good things at basketball, and they lost that game, Milwaukee did. Like, Cleveland got it together. It was fine. Uh, Cleveland is spirited and fun, and I'm really happy to see Bickerstaff winning and winning and winning. And uh, Garland is uh, incorrigible, but I think Mitchell, like, respects it in a way. Uh, respects it possibly because, like, anytime he passes the ball out to someone – that person's going to be immediately on skates. So that's really fun to drive and dish with, knowing that wherever you pass it to, or excuse me, as soon as you pass it to Garland, it's just so nice to have to be able to go five on five. Because you know they're leaving. He's done well. You're not going to be able to rely on Lamar Stevens for the rest of your life. And uh, I didn't see a lot of the late ones because I went to a Purdue game for the first time in my life. It was fun watching both teams run uh, a lot of horns, a lot of NBA stuff. It wasn't gummed down. Uh, uh, The home team was clearly the most athletic, bigger, faster, stronger than the opponent. It was was interesting to see one team uh, just clearly. That's the first time I've been in Mackey Arena. Uh, and there's just not a bad seat there. That, that was good. That was good. We got the cheapest seats in the house. I think we were like 10 rows from the top. And uh, that was my Christmas gift to the family. And thank you, everyone, for being a part of that. Uh, being able to reach in my wallet and do that uh, for once is great. Uh, I'm also below 300 subscribers now, so tell your friends. I get it, though. I have not been able to write as much as I like. But uh, family, 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 family. Uh, everything's fine, though. Yeah, I think they can keep it up. It's it's just they got to learn how to... You don't have to go my turn, his turn, your turn, but you can parse out 
like your sweet shooting touch all day big man is going to be best in the first and third quarter. Run with that. And you're going to want to mix up your crazy Zach Levine stuff. I'm going to work on not saying crazy. It's my hope for 2023. When you can do your uh, out of this world, really good Zach Levine stuff against a second unit, against a sixth man that's out there for offense, against a, you know, it's just, you don't have to do it and make your statement all at once, but. You know, NBA is pressure, and it's tough when you don't play uh, transition defense, and it's tough when uh, you don't have faith in your teammates. But in the meantime, let's thank The Athletic. We're going to have the guys doing everything wrong, leak everything, and complain and not offer any solutions. However... But, you know, that's life in the Naked City. Yeah, I've never been to Mackey Arena before. You know, I've watched it now 30-odd, 35 years, since seven, eight years old. No real interest. Uh, I would absolutely love to cover a game there now. Maybe we'll do something like that. It's the number one, it's the number one basketball teams in your backyard. Well, apparently it happened a couple of years ago. I don't pay attention to all of my backyard, just the parts I can see through the kitchen window. Uh, I don't have a backyard yet, but I have a dog who's napping and a fish tank bubbling and a mic in front of me. And uh, your unrepentant patience. So thank you for that. Yeah, I picked up the Solid State amp to have a buddy of mine look at it and uh, brought it home from the guitar shop where they do not work on amplifiers. They just work on guitars. They just wait for the amplifier guy to pick it up and brought it home and plugged the amp in, and it was fine. It just worked. Keep it real. We're going to have fun over the weekend. We've got a lot of big news coming up. You can't see me now, but I'm holding the mic up in my hand. Just like I just finished second encore. I'm pointing to the sky. i got one finger extended, and I'm pointing to you. Making it to minute 32 of never too much. I don't care if you speed me along. It makes me sound faster than a guitar. So I love you all. Pat Riley is unique. Because someone had to be him. Like Sam Malone famously, at least to me, he separates from Diane Chambers for a few weeks. They come back. Diane has some wonderful thing to say about what the relationship means to him. 
And he's supposed to respond in like kind with something similarly flowerly, or at least to the best of his abilities. And instead of doing that, he says ditto. Because he'd been out procrastinating for two weeks, having the time of his life. And uh, Pat Riley doesn't say ditto. He just, he can't. Uh, But it is stretching the bounds of, you know, had Sam Malone come up with something, cribbed something, not sure if, uh, no, I don't think Kelsey Graham or Fraser Crane was around for that episode, but, you know, had had he had a little help, something written on his wrist, something projected on the screen, you know, we never saw the other wall of that office. I know what it sounded like Pat Riley. It, it, It just, Pat Riley is a lot of Sam Malone saying Pat Riley stuff, doing Pat Riley things, charging $30,000 limos or whatever it was for the 88 All-Star game so his Lakers could show up in limos and and, uh, and fur coats, check your Getty images, and then charging the bill to the Lakers because he knows. Uh, but to his credit, you know, it, the the arc of his grift, and he, even that is really pushing it. Heisler does note that when Riley had to finally write his book after Showtime, write his big Nick book, he chose a business guy. And uh, the book was not well received. The New York Daily News called it a 271-page embarrassment. So you, So this is the Riley low point. This is before Miami. This is before the facts, I believe. If I gave that away, uh, it's basically Riley with an aging team shrugging shoulders, wondering what we were all wondering at the time, which was, how are these Knicks going to get any better? You know, now that Greg Anthony isn't a star, you know, heck, they just got all-star appearances out of Oakley and Starks. Like, we know that they're not that. They nearly just lost to the Bulls and the Bulls without outside of Pippen. Cartwright basically retired after that. He put like 30 games. Paxson retired. Those are the... Uh, when Riley left in 95, it just made sense to, to everyone. It was like, oh, okay, he's going to run a team, and the Knicks have obviously done as much as they can do with that whole thing. And you feel that with Heisler's, Heisler's book. You, you absolutely feel the end of that, you know, let's call it a bit of a grift because it got that way towards the end. And, uh, you know, can't give too much away, but let's give out the last 100 pages. Over and over the last 100 pages is just people going, uh, yeah, Pat's changed. Pat's changed. Pat's changed. Off the record, Pat's changed. Pat's changed. Uh, you're supposed to. You know, he wanted that job. You don't get that job and keep that job without changing it. He wanted that other job, and that was the most important thing to him. So not looking down on the guy, and he didn't really. Uh, no, no horror stories. Just Pat being Pat. So speaking as someone who bought the 1992 book, it's Pat. With the joke about the asbestos and the noodles. In front of my whole aunt. Oh, Kelly's about to go in junior high. What's gonna blow away me? Blow me away with reading these big readers. Just read that direct sparkly. Nope, it's Pat. (laughs) 
Brian May guitar, neck and bridge position. Sorry, someone just came out to feed a deer in, in the backyard. Now, when I say feed a deer, I don't mean walking up to a deer in... in Okay, so we get deer sometimes, but we get deer more times than not now because the neighbor in the back goes out with white bread. Delicious white bread. Why would anyone waste white bread? It's got more sugar than a Snickers bar. You can just roll it up and eat it in a ball, and it's like, okay, I just had a snow cone, but, you know, a little salty. Anyway, they go out and uh, put huge hunks of bread in the yard for the deer to come around and eat. We're in a, There's no forest around us for miles, miles and miles and miles can't think of one at this uh, family older family big nice house beautiful house i turn off my headlights when i go up the uh, driveway in our house or the house i'm staying at <clears throat> so as to not shine a light in their den their solarium or their sitting room or their bread making room anyway they feed the deer and the deer come around at night and they scare the dog and the cats uh regard them warily That's my dear story. Watch more basketball.